okay, so Lawrence and Condola are making this thing work. I'm not mad at it. Plus, Issa finally got those three words. And what the fuck is Joe doing in Molly's telephone? Uh-uh. No, sir. Not today. Where's Candace? I'm not having it. But we'll discuss that and much more on this episode of He Got Y'all. Let's start the motherfucking show, okay? Welcome to He Got Y'all, an insecure after show where we discuss plots, predictions, and what? Much more. I'm your host, Malcolm Smith. Thanks for joining the kids today. So let's get right into it. Last night, we got episode seven of Insecure titled Chillin'. Okay. Directed by my girl, Amy Aniobi. Hey, Amy. Written by Fran Richer. And solid episode. So let's get into these motherfucking flowers. Double bouquet this week because, you know, normally, excuse me, I was, uh, I was out doing the things this week, and so my throat is a little on the uh, on the T-bars, but uh, we're going to get it back to the Jasmine. That wasn't shade. That really sounded bad. I was going more of the raspy thing, but anyway, well, oh, fuck. Never mind. The point is, my voice, my voice is a little raspy today, so just forgive me. But we got uh, double flowers this week. We got a full bouquet. We got two bouquets because there's money in the budget. So first one going out to Amanda Seals. Listen, Amanda, I know... Y'all give her a lot. Amanda sometimes gives us a lot, so I get it. There's a, uh, 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 how could we describe Amanda? Amanda is a polarizing person, you know? Like, whether you like her or you dislike her, I think everyone kind of feels a way about Amanda Seals, but I support. I like Amanda. But Amanda was really giving me what I needed this week. That, That scene where she told them that she was moving to Denver, oh my goodness, touched me in my core. To the point where, so I didn't see the episode last night. I ended up watching it this morning. And I don't know if it was just like first thing out the bed or like, you know, I, I don't know what was going on in my, you know, energy this morning. But like, I got very misty eyed. Eyes were very juicy when she told them that she was moving to Denver. But, oh, child, I clutched my imaginary pearls and everything. That's the shit that really gets me. That heartbreak shit, them, them you know, breakup scenes. I'd be like, ah, that nigga has some ashy ass kneecaps anyway. Let it go, girl. But the friendships, uh, the friendship shit really be holding it down. And I was like, look at Amanda acting. Because I I felt sad. I felt like my friend was moving to Denver and I was not happy about it. So shout out to Amanda Seals. Other bouquet going to Miss Amy Aniobi. Oh, my goodness. So Amy has been with Insecure since like, you know, season one. Amy also wrote on, uh, child, what's the name of it? Uh, he Got Y'all. Not He Got Y'all. <laughs> Amy also wrote on... Okay, I'll be honest, y'all. So because I got this little uh, cough in the back of my throat, I made me a hot toddy. And child, I think I put a little bit too much tequila in this cup. But listen, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Don't worry. <laughs> so um, Amy wrote also on Awkward Black Girl. So Amy has been in the, you know, Issa headspace universe for a long time. So I love anything that Amy brings to the show because, again, like her and Issa have known each other for, so- they also went to Stanford together. So they've known each other for so long where I feel like, a lot of Amy's influence in the show really takes me back to like old school, awkward black girl, season one insecure. So love when Amy's doing the things, but really the flowers for this week, because she was our director and the shots in this episode were so, so good. Like we've seen, or we've never seen so much of Issa's house, especially in such a fluid way. Like, 
uh, two things I really point out because I don't want to get all you know TV talk on y'all. But the tracking shot of them getting ready after you know when they were about to go to dinner, just so visually appealing. Just I was just like, wow, this is beautiful. Like I love a solid tracking, almost like the intro for a different world. How they just had like that long fluid shot the whole time. I love shit like that. So um, that was the first thing. It looks so great. And then just working in a space that is so tight and so bottled, bottled in the idea of that that was their only location for, I mean, really the whole episode, you know, it was Issa's house and then Condola's house. So, but a lot more scenes took place at Issa's house and just shooting in the same location all day can become very, can become very tedious. And now being like a writer myself and then also like a creative, like, you know, I am viewing so many things differently, but in theory, you're like, oh, we're only shooting at one location. This is so great. Like, our lives going to be so much easier. Like, we don't have to pack up and, like, move 30 people to, like, this bar and then move to, you know, this restaurant or whatever. But when you're in the same the same space for a whole episode, you don't want stuff to feel repetitive. So, like, trying to make things look different and fresh in each scene while only being able to use, like, you know, one living room, one bedroom. You know, like, it becomes difficult. So... Yes, such a skill, such a skill, such a skill. So shout out to Amy for that. Also, one other thing that I really loved, and then we'll get into like, you know, the mess of the show. But because they were only in this one space the whole time, the way that they moved the camera was really interesting for me. There was really two scenes, but one scene was with Tiffany when Tiffany was talking and she was the main focus. And then generally there would be like a cut to another angle or like another angle with another character. But what we got a lot of last night was like two characters in the same shot and then the focus is going from one person to the other. So, i.e., to give you a, a more solid example, the scene with Trina, Issa, and Kelly, when Trina knocked on the door, Issa and Kelly were in the same shot, but Issa was in focus for, like, most of it, and then Kelly wasn't. But then once they got to Kelly's lines, Kelly got pulled into focus. Just seeing shit like that, I'm like, oh, this takes a lot of practice. <laughs> like, this is not a easy, you know... That takes some work. So shout out to them. Shout out to Amy, because that was some really solid directing. And yeah, I just loved it, you know? But again, TV geek observation, but hello, TV geek at your service. So anyway, let's get into last week's people poll question. Question was, do y'all think Issa's finished slide in Lauren's DM? So on Spotify, uh, again, something about the Spotify, you know, poll and then the Twitter poll really be like on the same energy but like the spotify poll be real extreme sometimes but uh the options were you already know shout out to frida and then nah she's just a little distracted so on spotify 80 percent of you all said you already know she's gonna be in mdms while 20 percent was like nah sis is just kind of distracted and then over on twitter 62 percent of y'all were like nah be it ain't happening. Oh, excuse me. 62% of y'all were like, you already know. And then 37% of y'all were like, nah, B, it ain't happening. Okay, this tequila in this cup is kicking in. Oh, it's about to be a roller coaster. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> so, episode rating for this week. It's going to be tens, tens, tens across the board. I'm not going to hold you. This might be my favorite episode of the season so far. And again, like I told you all last week, I'm just such a friend of that four girl dynamic girls night girls trip girlfriends living single uh you know waiting to exhale all the things so i just love seeing my girls on screen together 
And yeah, tens across the board. Tens, tens, tens. 15, 10, 15, 10. Say it again. 15, 10. Remember on Sister, Sister when T and Tamara got their SAT scores mixed up? And at the end of the episode, Lisa was in the kitchen like 15, 10, 15, 10. Okay, if you got it, you got it. If you know, you know. But yeah, shout out to Sister, Sister. Anyway, such a fun episode though. It just felt so familiar. Like so familiar, just such a recall to like, again, and I think I said this, even in the, about the first episode of this season where they went back to Stanford, where it just feels a lot like season one of the show. Like it really gets back to the core of it. Like, of course we know Molly and Issa are true, like truly the core core of the show. But again, Kelly and Tiffany are not too far away from that core, i.e. the core four. So it was really nice to see all of them together. And honestly, there was not a lot of plot happening here, like progression wise, And I kind of loved it. I know, I know, I know. Please stop. I know I said last week I needed my wig scalped. But I guess I was wrong, you know? Like, I thought I wanted some wild, back-cracking, toe-curling sex. And what I actually needed was to cuddle. To cuddle and just have a nice chilled glass of Prosecco. Preferably with a shot of tequila, which is not a bad time. Thank me later. But I know I said last week, like, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for more. I'm waiting for more. But, like, the calmness in this episode almost gave me... Uh, the calmness that we got in season four, I think episode nine, when Issa and Lawrence went on that date, maybe that, maybe that wasn't nine, but y'all know what I'm talking about. When they had like that whole love story episode, it kind of felt like that. Just very refreshing. Ugh, just refreshing. So, so good. So yes, episode rating 10. Shout out to y'all. All right. So let's get into the big three. So Lawrence and Condola, are they making this thing work? So we see Lawrence and Condola. Lawrence pops up at the house. He drops off the baby, which is already a great sign because the fact that Condola even let him leave the house with the baby is growth for canola oil. So really good for her. But Lawrence and Condola are back in better energy. He, uh, like I said, he brings young Ja back to the house and then he offers to hang some shelves. And in this moment... I, first, the first thing I thought of, honestly, was the movie Holes, which I just watched for the first time as an adult, like, last week. A, so good. You know, really good movie, really good story. Like, I didn't remember how much shit went down in Holes, but there was, like, a fucking, well, it wasn't a lynching, but there was about to be a lynching in Holes. Like, the race relations and the racism in Holes, I was like, holy shit. I was nine years old watching this. Like, this is crazy. But, um, anyway. Not about Shia LaBeouf right now. But the point I'm making is, is that when he offered to hang the shelves, I thought about Sam and Holes when he kept saying, I can fix that. I can fix that. And I was like, all right, Lawrence, I see you trying to fix shit. I see you. I respect it. So again, it's nice that these two are trying and these two are really getting along nicely. You know, like, I don't think they have any desire to get back together. I kind of don't want to see them get back together, but it's nice to see that they are trying to make this work as much as possible. And it's growth, you know, like that really feels like, not feels like that is the theme of the season where it's just like, you know, shit is not great as it is, but like how, how much work are we willing to do to make this not as fucked up as it already is, you know? And I think that's what these two are going through right now. So the fact that Condola let Lawrence A, take the baby is already, you know, a step in the right direction enough. Also letting him feed the child and really be present. Like she calls him a really great dad and i saw a tweet earlier today where somebody was like man feeds child 
woman. Wow, such a great dad. Which, okay, you all, I get it. Like, in that context, like, seeing that scene as it is, I see how one could feel that way. But I really do think Lawrence has been out here trying to be on the good foot. Like, he's really been trying to do what he needs to do to make sure that, you know, he's stepping up in the daddy department. So, I'm a fan. I love it. Uh, Go for it. Go for it. Go. Be a good daddy, Lawrence. It just warmed my little spirit and just, you know, cue the Oprah gif of her clasping her hands and smiling and just being in a blissful state because we love to see it. You know, we truly love to see it. One other thing about these two, because again, this episode didn't move too fast in the department of plot development. So like, we're not going to spend too much time on these two. But what I really, really enjoyed was the vulnerability of Condola telling Lawrence that she almost thought about terminating the pregnancy. And um, I don't know... Okay, so I don't know if I'm making this up or if he actually said it, but I feel like Prentice Penny was either on the wind down or IG Live. Again, I watched everything today in one full shot. So like my brain is just like crammed with information. But I think he alluded to the point that like she hadn't had that conversation with anybody else and that Lawrence was the first person that she had it with. And like for them to not be a couple, for the baby to already be here, like, she did not need to disclose that information at all to him. But I think what it really did was, again, A, make her be or let her be very vulnerable with someone that she has already been very vulnerable with. But I think also, like, and this is something that happens around relationships. And while they're not together, obviously, I do think there is sometimes things that you are willing to tell your partner that you will not tell your friends. And not in the same idea of like you're hiding it from your friends but you just know like telling it to you your partner or someone that is very like partner-esque energy will not require a whole lot of explanation you know like i feel like if condola brought it up to like one of her besties or like her sister or her mom like the conversation could have gone into more conversation than was actually needed but again i think the fact that she told lawrence previously that she had 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 an abortion that she did not want to have one again But the fact that she thought about it, I think, really is solidifying their trust in each other, where it's like, we might not be together, you might not be my man, you might not be my girl, but we are this person's anchor, and we got to be on, like, a leveled playing field, but be also, like, we got to be honest with each other, and I think that is really what that represented for Condola, so I'm happy that she was able to get there, especially after what we saw in episode three, child, because she was not trying to have any of Lawrence's business. So, yes, I like this. I don't want them back together. I don't need them to be, oh, well, they could do trips to Disney World. That's okay. They can go to Disneyland. That's fine. But I don't need them to be a couple. I don't need them to be, you know, romantically linked. Fucking none of that shit. But I'm happy. I'm happy that these two are working on what they need to work on. So good for them. All right, let's move on. So, uh, Issa finally got those three words. Shout out to Stevie Wonder, honey. So, let's get into this whole girls' night thing because many things happening, lots of moving parts. So, the episode opens up. Issa has a full itinerary of what the girls are doing. System rolled up some soggy joints, but joints nonetheless. She'd have made some reservations, book spas, all of it. The weekend or the night is planned. Now, what I loved about this whole episode is specifically on the girls' night inside was the subtext of adulting. Like, the fact that they hadn't seen each other in three months, 
which really played into that idea of making time for your friendships becomes more and more difficult the older you get. And like, I don't know about you all, but it's been a struggle over here. Like, it's been really difficult. I mean, even before the pandemic, honestly, like I was already feeling like, oh, bitch, when the last time we went to brunch? All right, come on, y'all. Let's get in this group chat and figure something else, figure something out. So, so the fact that we're like going through, you know, a panorama and then also just like being busy and creeping into like that late 20s, early 30s part of your life. You're like, yo, it's a lot of shit going on. Like, I can't really juggle all of this shit the way I used to be able to juggle it before. Um, And the fact that in insecure time, only two and a half years have passed, three years have passed. Like, Issa's only now 31, 32. So it's like, I get it. I get it. This is, it's ghetto. This is rough. This is a really rough period of life. So I'm happy that they... Um, highlighted that but then also like said to each other that they're going to make more of an intentional effort to kick it with each other and not let it be three months in between the hangouts so call your judies okay call your girls get in the group chat you know plan a brunch plan a uh get get a fitted get your niggas fitted or get your fitted and throw some questions in the hat and have a good time because life is too short y'all but love that that was uh something that they tapped on in this episode what also was tapped on, which I really appreciated, was what happens when things don't go the way we planned, which has been really the theme of the season. It really has been the theme of this whole series, honestly. Like, what do we do when what was originally on the table is no longer on the table for us? And I think while it is very simplistic in this right now, like, okay, they couldn't go to the spa. Big whoop. Okay, they didn't go to dinner. Wham, wham, wham. Who cares? But I think it speaks to something a little bit deeper where, especially getting older, where you're like, we're going to go out, we're going to cut up, we're going to turn up, we're going to have a good time. And then you're like, you know what? Our company is my favorite company. Like, let's just sit right here, get on Seamless, smoke the rest of these L's, drink some more of this Prosecco, and cut on John Legend or whoever the fuck. You know, <laughs> like, it really does. It really just speak to, you know, growing older and just being okay with, like, n- things not going the way you initially plan for them to be the girls the girls are growing up the girls are growing up and we love to see it but i'm getting ahead of myself so the core four can't go to the spa because the pipe has busted and molly has the genius decision almost like neil degrasse tyson genius honestly to pop the bottle and get the party started right there at the crib and i'm like you know what this is perfect this is exactly what needs to happen so Issa puts on some music shout out to diddy and keisha cole pulls out a fitted and they decide to play questions in a hat funny enough which is actually a game that the cast and crew played while filming the coachella episode so it was cool to see that they actually got to write it into the show and then have it happen you know actually on screen so in the midst of playing the game before they get a chance to get to what goes in the bowl first the milk or the cereal for the record it's the cereal don't be an animal there's a knock at the door and in this moment, I did not realize that Issa was still the apartment manager. Like, I know she didn't move, but I figured she was just, well, I guess no longer the uh, apartment manager. Like, I just didn't think, I just didn't think that was a thing anymore. But apparently, she's still the apartment manager. Uh, Trina comes knocking on the door because there are spiders everywhere and they need to be gaunt. And this scene between Trina, Kelly, hilarious. Like, them non-verbals bitch, you got me fucked up versus the nonverbal, bitch, I will fuck you up, that they traded back and forth between each other. Hilarious. So, so good. So, 
some other stuff that we unpack in this episode is that we learned that Torian and Molly have been getting very close. And both of them have been creeping up to the line, but not wanting to cross it. Again, like I said last week, as long as these two work at the same law firm, this ain't it, okay? Like, this this ain't it. This is not it. This is not going to work. It's going to get messy. I just don't. Oh, we don't fraternize at work. Oh, we don't fraternize at work. I'm kind of whispering this to myself, but you mind your business. But no, we don't fuck around at work. Like, this is not the way to do it. So uh, it seems like Molly is really leaning in, though. It seems like the friend group is also in support, except Kelly. And that's why I fuck with Kelly. But Issa and Tiffany, for the most part, are, like, leaning into the energy. And they're, you know, team, team Torian. So, yeah, I... I said what I said, so I'm not going to, you know, repeat myself, but y'all know how I feel about this, but mm, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But at this point, the Cool Ranch cookies are finished, and A, I said, oh, these niggas are smacked. Like, I knew that they had smoked, and I knew they were going to be a little lit, but I was like, we crunching up Cool Ranch Doritos and putting it in cookies? Yeah, y'all niggas is high, high. Okay, good for y'all. Really good for (laughs) y'all. And the question in the hat is pulled by Issa. And the hat wants to know, which one of my exes would you like to fuck? And this is Issa's question, which first, okay, let's get into this. Who the fuck put that question in? Kelly, was it you? Molly, you was over there carrying on? Because I know, listen, I know it can't be Miss. I've been with Derek since D4L dropped Laffy Taffy. I know, I know Tiffany ain't asked that. So I'm like, who is the culprit of this question? But... The question is asked. Molly says she's going with Marshawn, who used to work in the dining hall. I said, wow, look at you going all the way back to college because that feels like a lifetime ago for some of us. But, you know, Marshawn packed that extra meat. So that is who Molly is in favor of. Kelly and Tiffany don't miss a beat. And both of them are Team Daniel. Now is the first thing I thought, right? I said, look at these grown women playing a grown woman's game. Because, listen... I've been around the block a couple times. I know a couple things. I've seen a couple social circles. Some of the girls be very touchy when it comes to the exes. It don't matter if it was five minutes ago, five months ago, or five years ago. Some people be like, no, no, and no. So the fact that they could even play this game and be cool enough with each other to like not be all, really for Issa, ideally, to not be all in her feelings about, you know, the people talking... I said, good for y'all. This is very mature. Very mature. Good, good, good. So after Daniel comes up, Issa tells the crew that she saw Lawrence and Condola and the baby at the hospital. And she mentions kind of wanting to reach out to him because things ended a little abruptly, I guess. And Tiffany gave me my favorite line of the night. She said, sometimes it's not about making the smart choices. It just has to make sense to you. And it doesn't have to be the smart choice. It just has to be the right choice. And I really love that, especially for someone like Issa that is always just so back and forth and waffling and just uh, seesawing all the damn time. I think the most important thing is just like making sure that this is the right choice for you, even if it is not, quote unquote, the smartest thing to do, as long as it's the right choice for you. That's really all that matters. So I really, I just love that line so, so much. So 
That moment happens. The girls begin to get ready for dinner. So in this scene, we learn that they haven't really kicked it in three months since they've gone to El Cholo. In that moment, they have a realization, really Molly does, that they haven't really kicked it with each other in like three months. And then uh, we get like a nice little group hug. We get a group hug with all of the core four. And in the lock, Tiffany shares that her and Derek are moving to Denver. Now, here's the first thing I thought. My smoking ass was like, ooh, where weed is legal. How great. And then in the same thought, I was like, oh, these niggas live in Cali. Weed ain't hard to find at all. Like, not even a little bit. So that would be my only push to move to Denver. But shout out to everybody in Denver. Also, everybody in Seattle. How y'all doing? But, um, yeah, so, you know, her and Tiffany, uh, Tiffany and Derek are moving. And, again, like I said earlier, this is what really broke me. Like, I, again, the friendship shit, my heart. The romantic shit, my ass. I don't really care. You don't know heartbreak until the friend moves away. You know? Like, the niggas be ashy, the heartbreaks be real. But when a friend is like, oh, I'm out. Because friends moving is just such trash. And, like, even the fact that they haven't seen each other in three months, like, some could argue, like, oh, you don't even see your friend that much anyway. So, like, when you see them, like, it, it, like it's, it's not going to take much for them to get to Denver or Tiffany to get back to L.A., but it's the fact of just, like, <clears throat> it takes so much more intentional effort. Like, you can't just be like, oh, bitch, what you doing on Saturday? Let's go get bottomless at Rustic. No, you got to, like, really plan out time to see your friend. It's just, like, we don't have time as it is right now. Now I have to, like, spend more time and money to come see you. Like, it's just, oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. You're killing me. So, yeah, I, I really, you know, that really kind of, you know, broke baby boy down. Felt that all in my feels. Eyes were very juicy, but you know, we got to do what we got to do. So anyway, after that information, they decide to just stay home and just chill because again, auntie energy, like, because ain't nothing out there in them streets for us. Like, I hope that they really just, cause they were, they were ready to walk out the door, honestly, but I hope that they took some cute pictures cause they were already dressed and beat and then, you know, hopped right back in those pajamas, put those bonnets on and just called it a night, which is what they did. So yeah, so as you're sitting on Issa's balcony, again, one of my favorite shots of the night, that aerial, I was like, yes, give us the bird's eye view of our girls. And in that moment, they're still smoking, chilling, and Issa has the bright idea to text Torian. Now, Molly wanted to act like, no, don't text him, don't do it, no, please stop. But did y'all peep what I peeped? Because Molly was definitely already in that thread texting Torian like when Issa grabbed the phone there was no like swipe over there was no like going back to all the other messages Molly was in the thread as soon as Issa grabbed that phone it was quickity clack clack on the clack clacks so what was Molly over there doing texting Torian what was they talking about after having eight glasses of Prosecco four shots of tequila and three blunts what was y'all talking about Molly we would like to know Issa grabs the phone and begins to text Torian. And in that moment, and in that moment, the phone begins to ring and it is Dro's name on the screen. And yo, Molly's face when Issa was like, why the fuck is Dro calling you? Top tier, top tier, top tier. Like when I say that shit took me down, watched the episode twice, both times laughed. Well, I mean, the first time I laughed as if I had never seen it because I had never seen it. But the second time, I knew it was coming, and that shit still took me the fuck down. So, yeah, shout out to Yvonne Orji, giving me a good comedic moment. So, in this moment, 
I forget which one of the girls said it. Whether I don't know if I don't remember if it was Tiffany or Kelly. I'm gonna say Tiffany because Kelly was very much of like, don't do it. But in any event, one of the girls is like, yo, like just go for it. You know, what's the worst that can happen, ideally? And Issa takes this, some advice that is not hers, not yours. You are picking up something that does not belong to you, Miss Mamas. And she has the bright idea to call Lawrence. Listen, I blame the blunts and the bottles because that was some lit shit, okay? Like, that was some real after 2 a.m. shit, 2 (laughs) a.m. Who's seeing 2 a.m. anymore? My ass be tired as fuck. That is an after 10.30. I'm hooting and hollering and carrying on. But Molly stops her because good friend. And she's like, listen, I don't think you really want to do this. If you wake up tomorrow when you're feeling sober and this is something you want to do, then I think that's a different story. But at this point right now, in this state, that ain't a good idea, Sistrin. So they hang up the phone, and that pretty much ends the girls' night. So they wake up the next morning. Um, but my first thought was, why the hell they ain't help Issa clean his damn apartment? Chow, all these wine glasses and Cool Ranch cookies and Skinny Pop popcorn, which is so good. If you haven't tried it, recommend. Not an ad, just trying to help a friend out. Good-ass popcorn. But... You know, it's just shit all over this apartment. And I'm like, listen, I am a little Joan Carol Clayton. I enjoy cleaning. I enjoy the process of straightening up. What y'all not about to do is leave all of this shit all over my motherfucking house. But that's what they did. They left it all over the house. <laughs> so the apartment is a mess. And Issa picks up the phone and calls Nathan. And in this conversation is where Issa finally gets what she has been waiting for. Issa also gets what y'all have not been here for <laughs> this whole entire season. Like, so many of you have been like, we do not give a fuck about this I love you back from Nathan. We don't care, girl. Well, Issa cares. Apparently, Nathan cares as well. And she got it. She got it. She got it. She got it. And it seems like these two really want to work things out, or doesn't seem like I, they are, as we see in the episode, uh, preview for next week but these two are again i just i guess really trying to make this thing work also what it did for me i think in nathan's character was really giving him the chance to be more honest with his emotions more forthright in how he feels um again as we've seen in the past with nathan but nathan does a really good job or a really bad job depending on how you want to look at it but it really you know he really knows how to hold in his emotions, hold in his feelings, hold in what he's thinking. So I think the fact that he got to a point where he could tell Issa exactly how he feels and exactly how he felt, uh, the fact that it's not like a, I feel this way in this particular moment, but also like I had felt this way for a while, like I've loved you for a while. And, you know, it was, again, like, nice to see it was growth it was really like oh this person is moving into a space that they were not previously in before and for that we can only be grateful you know we can only be happy whether you like them together or not whether you're team east uh team isa which that's what i am team isa girl break up with everybody but whether you're team nathan or team lawrence you cannot deny the fact that this is growth for nathan you know this is a really big step for him in being transparent in how he feels so Good for him. Really, really good for him. So they get off the phone. They agree to meet later that night or after work or I don't know, some shit. And moments later, phone rings. 
phone rings. It's Martin Lawrence. It's Martin Lawrence. It is Martin Lawrence Walker on the phone. Now, this kind of gagged me for like 20, not even 20 seconds, like 0.2 seconds. Because at first I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? And then I forgot that she had called him the night before. So I was like, oh, it's not that surprising that he's returning her phone call. But he's returning her phone call. You know, like if he was really done, he would be done with it. But we all know he ain't really done. He ain't really done at all. So, yeah, that's that's that. And that's pretty much where we end off for this week's episode. One other thing that I need to just hit on really quickly is what the fuck is Joe doing in Molly's telephone? And that's telephone, T-E-L-L-A-F-O-N-E, telephone. Sir, what are you doing here? What is this? What's happening? We don't want you here. Where's Candace? Do we need to FaceTime her? We have group FaceTime now. We can all talk together and figure out what the fuck this is. Because listen, while I was not doing this show during the heavy dro days of Insecure, I always felt like dro was up to some shit. I do believe that him and Candace are in an open relationship, but I don't think Candace knows that Molly and Dro were fucking. You know, like I think that is where I think it gets a little messy, but I do believe that they are in an OR. Okay. But uh, yeah, not really a fan of Dro at all. You know, shout out to Sharonis. I'm sure he's a great guy. But for me and mine, me and my Molly Denise Carter, we're, we're off that Dro energy. We are off of it. There's honestly none of Molly's exes. Well, they were not. A, I can't say that's an ex because they were never really together. But there is no one from Molly's past where I'm like, yes, please come back. You deserve. The only one that I would really be rooting for. You know what? I take that back. I have two. First one was Jared in season one, Enterprise Bay. Jared was very cute. You know, I was a fan of Jared. But again, Molly was too caught up on the whole bisexual thing and played too many games. So like at this point, you don't deserve Jared. Jared's for me, honey. But <laughs> no Jared for you, Molly Denise Carter. But Jared would be one. And then the other one would be, um, I forget the character's name, but uh ah oh, fuck. This is us. Dark skinned black guy, crisp lineup, very handsome. Oh fuck, this is gonna kill me. Y'all know who I'm talking about. He tried to take her to the scissor concert. I'm gonna keep talking until I find this man's name in my little brain of mine. Uh, and I, I hear y'all saying it at me. I hear you saying it, but I cannot think of it. Sterling K. Brown. I was legit looking it up right now. As soon as I typed in, this is us, Kaz. My brain auto-filled it. Uh, but yeah, Sterling K. Brown. So yeah, that was the only other one where I was like, okay, Molly, like you, maybe this guy is good for you. Andrew, I was not a big fan of, uh, when she was dating, uh, Jadena's character, I was like, oh, I could do without this. You know, I feel like that has really been the only one where I'm like, okay, I'm fucking with this. I'm really fucking with this. But I say all that to say, honey, I don't think there's anybody from Molly's past that I really need to see more of. In the words of Crystal Jean West, new mistakes with new dicks. We are moving onward and forthward for the frolicky things, okay? We don't need no other, no others. Everybody in the past, let them stay in the past, child. Let them, let them, let them be there. Let them be there. So... Yes, I don't know what's going on with Dro and Molly. I am not really. Oh, but what? No, I don't think that. I don't think that. I don't think that. No, I'm not even going to tell you what I was thinking. But not a fan of this at all. But we will see where this takes us. If it takes us anywhere. Maybe Molly is at a point where she is uh, emotionally mature enough. Where she's like, I'm done with that old shit. The name popping up on the screen does not even matter to me. Because what I will say is, I don't know how y'all operate. 
I don't really allow people to circle back unless I'm feeling stupid, which happens a lot. Okay. I live in dummy bitchville, but a lot of the time, <laughs> a lot of the times I'm really like, once I'm done, I'm done. So the fact that she still had a Drill's phone number saved with his name and then B, the fact that he wasn't blocked to me says maybe this window has always been left open for a particular reason. Because when I'm done, I'll be done. People don't even know they blocked until they try to send that message and then the delivered don't be delivered. It just be denied. Okay. But the fact that there's still a phone number there or, you know, a name saved and it's not blocked, maybe, maybe. Maybe Molly's been holding out for this. I really hope not. But I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. We will see how that plays out. And friends, that's where we leave off for this week's episode. I will say that the last time I told y'all about this tequila in this cup, I have not sipped it since then because I was already feeling loopy enough. And I was like, let me try to get through this for y'all. So I'm going to take a sip right now. Thank you. Bottoms up. Happy uh, birthday, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, honey. Wow, that is really good. Oh, my goodness. Um, I refreshed it with some hot water. But uh, people poll question of the week. So let's not do too much thinking. Let's keep it right in the energy of this week's episode. Which of Issa's exes would you like to fuck? Sorry to those of you who listen but do not sleep with men. This one is for us specifically, but next week there'll be something for everybody. Okay? It's equal opportunity show. If you don't like something this week, come back next week. There'll be something for you. But uh, this one is for us. So, Lawrence, Daniel, I'm going to throw Nathan in the ring. I know Nathan is not technically an ex, but he is one of the longer-running Issa boyfriends. You know, let me know who's on your mind. Lawrence, Daniel, and Nathan. Let me know who's on your mind. Let me also know who could get in your pants because that's the question. All right. And that's where we leave off for this week's episode. So next week, we see a couple of things are happening. Issa and Nathan are shacking up. My grandmama would not be proud. Crenshaw is back on his bullshit and Mama Carter is doing all right. And Molly and Kelly are trying to get the family deed business together. So yeah, we'll see how that turns out. But we're moving right along. We got three episodes left, which feels fucking crazy. Oh my goodness. Three episodes. Like, do you remember? Can we just have this moment now? Because, you know, why not? Do you remember the first time that you saw like insecure or really awkward black girl if you've been around long enough? But I vividly remember watching the first episode. And I'll be honest, I don't really, it takes a lot for me to give new shows a chance. I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but you know, previously there was a lot of, there were a lot of shows on television that had black people in them, but did not feel like black people that I knew. So I'd be watching people come out in like, you know, gorilla costumes or like be saving the world in, you know, DC and all great shows, you know, shout out to Empire, shout out to Scandal. But those shows never really felt like me. I was always like, I see the value in this. I appreciate these black people on TV. But like, I don't work at the White House. I don't, I'm not the head of bad boy. You know, I don't know how to, you know, this music shit work. So like, this was the first show in a really long time that really like spoke to me. And I remember the first episode I watched, which was the first episode of the show. And it was before it premiered. And I remember being like, oh, this is my shit. Like, I don't know if this show was going to take off. I don't know if this is going to be good. But like, this shit is my shit. 
So to be there from day one and just be like, wow, the little engine that could, like five seasons later, okay, now I'm a little lit. Because now, now I feel like I'm giving that y'all my niggas speech, but y'all my niggas. So shout out to them. All right, let's talk some predictions. <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking, right? So I've been telling you all this whole time that Prentice Penny, showrunner, has been saying that episode nine get a little crazy. I think Jay Ellis also said that. So like episode nine is where shit is really going to, I guess, get punched up a lot. Here's my theory, right? I think, and if you've studied the trailer, chapter and verse, well, you probably haven't because you have a life, but I've studied the trailer, chapter and verse, and there is a scene that I was telling you all about last week where we see Issa and Lawrence in the same type of party together. It's like a backyard moment or an outside thing happening. I believe that this is going to be Tiffany and Derek's going away party, not next week, but in episode nine. I see a going away party. And then somehow in this, not somehow, but during this party, these two connect. I kind of don't want Condola to be there. Just offer the strength of, like, it's going to make the dynamic too messy. Because I do want to see Issa and Lawrence talk, but not talking to get back together. Like, I would like for them to have, like, a nice grown person conversation. But I don't need to, you know, do all of that with them. But... That is my prediction. I see a going away party. I see both of them attending because obviously, and maybe some sparks will be present. Maybe some emotions will be felt, but I don't know. But that's what I got. I think that's what's happening. I think there's going to be something at the end of episode nine that really uh, fucks with whatever's happening by the end of episode eight, (laughs) which I know is like a very like loose thing to say, but I see nine being like a big cliffhanger and then 10 is just going to legit snatch us bald like tammy roman on drag race you know just snatch us all the way up so yeah that's where we're at that's what we got so like i said again people poll question for this week which one of east's exes would you fuck lawrence daniel and nathan let me know what you think you can find the poll on twitter also on spotify and let me know what's on your mind tweet me at he got y'all you can find this show wherever you're listening to at listening to it at right now in this moment Ooh, baby, this Milagro is kicking in. Uh, wherever you're listening at this moment, you can also find it on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Stitcher. Rate the show, please, on Apple Podcasts, five stars. Like I said, drop a line. Um, I So I normally, like, I see the numbers, but I don't really, like, do a deep, deep dive on them. But in my old ladiness, Gwendolyn was trying to figure out something else on Apple Podcasts the other day and clicked on the tab with, like, the reviews and the ratings. Y'all, thank you so much. Somebody said, like, you know, we should continue doing this with, like, another show. Somebody suggested 90 Day Fiance. I never watched that show, so I don't know if 90 Day Fiance really going to work. You know what? We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. But, you know, for now, we'll just, we'll just get through what we got to get through, which is Insecure. Maybe Abbott Elementary. It starts tomorrow. I really want to get into that. Also, have y'all watched Harlem on Amazon Prime? I've not made it to it yet, but as a... Okay, I'm not a Harlem Knight. I'm born in Brooklyn, raised in Brooklyn. Shout out to Brookdale Hospital. I always say two things only happen at Brookdale. Come into this world and you go out. So shout out to Brookdale Hospital. But that's where real niggas are made, and I'm a real nigga. So worked in Harlem, went to school in Harlem. You know, Harlem has owned, like, at this point, I would say, like, 14 years of my life. So I'm very Harlem uh, uh, aware. I'm aware of the energy of Harlem. I know what it should feel like. So... The fact that Megan Good was cast as the lead of this show has me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Because, again, Megan Good is just so Cali to me where I'm like, all right, let's see how this plays out. But 
I say all that to say, I'm giving Harlem a chance on H uh, on Amazon Prime. So yes, let's get into that. Let's see what that's all about, and then maybe we will, you know, begin to like kind of inject some other stuff in between the insecure stuff. I don't know. We'll see. But at this point, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, we got three left. Three episodes left. We still got some people waiting in the wings to come on and talk to us about this show. Um, one person that I'm like really, really, really excited about. And well, I'm excited for everybody, but all right, I'll be transparent. At this point, it's only one person, but the one person I am happy about. So yes, that'll be coming in a couple of weeks. So just keep an ear out for that. And yeah, we got three episodes to go. So we'll do this again. Same time, same place. We'll talk next week right here on He Got Y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye.